Okay. First of all, I'd just like to say that <clears throat> this isn't anything that I've come up with. Uh, something I was reading, and I thought it was appropriate, apropos for our group here, and I thought I would would pass it. I'd pass it along, adding some of my own embellishments to it. Um, through the years, myself, and then after I married Paulette, Paulette and I have been involved with various congregations across the country uh, because of where we've lived, where we've moved, uh, and when we travel, you know, congregations outside of the country, large congregations, small ones. And so uh, we've been exposed and have some experience uh, dealing with those differences. And churches come in in all sizes, uh, some are large, thousands of people. I, I've never been a member personally of a church that numbered in the thousands, but they're there, uh, even tens of thousands. Um, and some are small. Uh, a church could conceivably be two people meeting in an apartment together. So, churches are, are different, a lot of different ways. Um, looking statistically at, at what a church is in terms of size, <clears throat> a small church is considered less than 200 members. And that's 80% of the congregations out there, so it's a, a large amount. Uh, a medium church is about 200 members to 400 members, and that's about 10% of the congregations. And a large church is considered 400 or more members, and that's about 10%. So 20% of the congregations out there um, are 200 members or more, and 80% are 200 members or less. And as I was saying, since Churches vary in size, and depending on your experience, a church with 200 people, to you, could be considered large. So it's, you know, it's whatever your experience is, what, what, would, what would be considered large or small to you. Uh, churches of different sizes all have their advantages and disadvantages. Of course, a large church has a lot of resources. I mean, they have a lot of people. Uh, conceivably they have a lot of money in their treasure where they can do different things uh, at different times but small churches have benefits as well and that's what I wanted to talk about today you know the benefits of a small church we're a smaller congregation not only are we small we're embryonic in, in our, our stage we're not quite a year old yet we've been together for about a year. And I remember when we first started, uh, the last Mar March, first, first Sunday in March, um, there were about six of us, seven of us here. And since that time, I think on any, any given Sunday, kind of like doubled 
the people who, who come and, and worship with us. So that's, that's pretty good, um, I think. Um, what I want to talk about today is not to encourage any kind of stagnation in growth, but it's just to encourage us as a small, small group of, of Christians. So I'm going to talk about some of the benefits uh, of a small church. The small church is a strong sense of, of family, um, and that's because we know each other. It's a small group. We're here every Sunday, every Wednesday, any other time that we meet. I mean, we get to know each other. And even if we can't remember, because some people, including myself, are kind of like hard with names, remembering names, if we can't remember names, the faces are very familiar and personal. Uh, real close. So a small church is easy to de- develop familial uh, relationships, which is a sense of family. And that's proper, and that's scriptural. I read earlier uh, from First Timothy, the first two verses, where it says, chapter 5, the first two verses, it says, do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, and older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with all purity. This is a family relationship here, talking about fathers and brothers and mothers and sisters. And in a small congregation, it's, it's, it's easy to develop those kind of relationships, and we should respect those kind of relationships within the group. Um, There's an opportunity to cross generational lines. Younger kids aren't only dealing with their peer group. They're able to go back and forth and have uh, learned from, from older people. And the young and the old can benefit from each other. I mean, we all have uh, something to offer. Older people have experience, uh, accumulation of, of, of knowledge over the years. The younger people have sometimes a more open-mindedness about themselves and knowledge to, uh, to pass along as well. So... We, that give and take, we can all learn uh, from each other in that way. Um, in Mark chapter 10, Jesus kind of talks about the family, the spiritual family. Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 28 through 30. It says, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses, brothers, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, 
eternal life. So, we are family. We're a spiritual family. As a church, we'll face persecutions. Uh, as individuals, we'll face persecutions. But in the end, uh, the reward of eternal life. In a small church, there's a lot of opportunities uh, to grow. Um, small church or large church, it doesn't matter. There are roles to be filled. Okay. And whether it's a small church or large church, you need, if you're going to worship, <clears throat> you need a song leader. It doesn't matter if it's what, 10 people or 10,000 people. You need someone to lead singing. You need someone to lead appropriate prayers. You need someone to preach. And you need people to pass out the help of the Lord's table. It doesn't matter what size the church is. The difference is uh, the ratio to the jobs and the members is higher than a smaller church. Because we just simply don't, we don't have the pool that a larger church has. And that was evident this morning. Uh, me and Josh and Josh is virtually doing everything all the prayers are lost so um, there's an example right there uh, it's more likely that we're going to be used if we're in a smaller church uh, there's the opportunity um, in a large church they usually have a, a lot of men who are willing to do things, and so there's a large rotation. You might be in a large church and might not ask to be to do anything for a long time. You might ask to, to, to say a prayer on a given Sunday. You might not ask to be do anything again, maybe, for months. Okay? But a small church, uh, those willing to serve more frequently are used, sometimes, mostly out of necessity, but sometimes out of design. Uh, some people are specifically good at doing things than others, and so they're going to be used more in that area. But if you're working in that capacity, you're going to learn, right? You learn by doing. So at a smaller church, uh, um, you can develop your skills more by doing things repetitively. And at a small church, though, you're going to be missed when you're not here. Um, if there are roles to be filled as, you know, preaching, teaching, you're not here, you can't do it. Small church, somebody's going to have to do it. So there's a gap there when you're not here, you're really felt. In a large church, you can get overlooked. Um, and where this is really important is uh, in the area of encouragement. If you're going to church <clears throat> and you're kind of like gone for weeks, sometimes people forget about you and you get lost. But we need to encourage each other. Okay, so we have to be aware of that sort of thing. And in a small church, you can develop uh, that kind of caring attitude and, and, and 
bring it wherever you go. In Galatians chapter 6, the first two verses, <clears throat> it says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we're to bear each other's burdens. And at a small congregation, uh, it's easier to do that because we can be more acutely aware of what's going on with each other. And so we should develop this, this kind of attitude uh, while the opportunity is there. Um, at a small church, though, because we have the opportunity to do different things, um, there is a lot of development going on. And a lot of the, the leaders <clears throat> and the people who participate at larger churches develop their skills at a small congregation like this. At a small church, uh, there are a lot of benefits, but there are also obligations uh, that we have. So let's talk about a few of those obligations. Uh, we have to nurture a sense of, of family, and I talked about family earlier. And how, how do we nurture a sense of family? Well, we can do that through Bible classes, which we do uh, Sunday morning. We have Bible classes on Wednesday. There's opportunities during the week uh, with Josh and, and Richard and others to study. Uh, gospel meetings. We don't have gospel meetings here per se, but we have our uh, quarterly uh, talks at the library where we invite folks to come and listen. Um, we need to encourage those who are a bit weaker than us, as I mentioned before. Those who are sick, when they're away, we need to go be aware that they're sick and, and, and visit them, not just let them out there by themselves. And on an individual basis, we can nurture that sense of family by getting together with each other uh, socially. So, congregationally, we can do things through Bible class, through services, through outreach, working together, doing things, and individually by uh, being together socially. As a church, we need to pr provide opportunities for growth. Evangelism, teaching uh, the lost, the world. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But sometimes I think, well, it kind of swings both ways. Some churches have been accused of uh, locking themselves in their building and being kind of closed off. Let's put a lot of emphasis on evangelism. But I think it should be, should have a, a balanced approach. I look at it like college recruitment. If a, if a university is recruiting someone to go to their school and then that person accepts the invitation to come to their school, the university is just not going to have the student 
just wander around unattended. There's going to be some sort of organization. There's going to be some goal. Uh, the goal is actually a degree. It's the same with the church. You evangelize somebody, they accept the word. You're not just going to like send them off uh, to church with, without an opportunity to grow. That's what the church is for. That and worshiping God. So it's an important thing. It's something that shouldn't be put to the side. So um, we should be treading those willing to learn more. Okay? And we do that, we can do that uh, by providing opportunities for people to learn how to teach others. Uh, there's classes on serving in public worship, showing people the appropriate way to, you know, to lead singing. We've done that here. We've had uh, people come here and speak about song leading and, and different and different things. Uh, preaching and teaching, there can be instruction on that. And, you know, there's opportunities for the ladies, too. It's just not like a man's thing. Ladies' classes, uh, teaching ladies and teaching children. And it's, you know, it's not just about, oh, well, I'm a woman, so I, I, I teach other women, I teach children. I remember when I was in uh, public school, I don't remember having a male teacher until I was close to adolescence. It was about fifth grade, I think. I had my first male teacher. When I was coming up, all through the grades, they were all, all women. So that, that's, that's important, teaching kids helping them develop when they're young, giving them a foundation. Uh, and if you're going to teach someone how to do something, if you're going to teach someone how to teach a class or to preach or to lead, you know, lead singing, they have to have the opportunity to do it. So uh, guys who are willing to preach, willing to lead singing, willing to teach classes, <clears throat> uh, those opportunities should be there. They should be encouraged to do it once they learn and understand, you know, how to do it. And the women as well. You teach them how to, you know, a class and how to lead a class and teach kids and ladies classes. They should be encouraged to step forward and lead and teach themselves, not just to sit back and, you know, be taught all the time. And I like the idea uh, since we've been in, here in, in Georgia, uh, this congregation and uh, where we were before, where there's just not just one man preaching every week. It's kind of like a rotation that goes around. Uh, and I think that's good. It gives uh, people opportunity to grow and to learn. And for the audience to hear different voices, different points of view on things. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. So Paul's instructing Timothy that, you know, you've heard it from me, you teach others, and they'll go out and teach others. So it's a, kind of like a link. Yeah, we have that responsibility.
Uh, we have to watch out for stagnation. Uh, I like this group here. It's a small group. We know each other. We're friendly with each other. We bond with each other. And sometimes it's a temptation to remain small. Because once a church gets big, uh, some of that intimacy goes away. And you see it, the larger congregations, they start to divide up into groups so they can, they can get the whole thing organized so people just, you know, they don't get lost. You know, they switch members of the groups around so they can interact with others so they don't get lost and they get kind of get to know each other. But in a smaller group, we don't have that problem. But we shouldn't use that as an excuse to remain small if we, we get... We have growth. We'll just deal with it as it comes. Um, does God expect us to grow? In Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32, in another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come in and nest in its branches. We're to be that refuge. We're to grow. So, not literally the birds who come and nest in our branches. We're to be that for people. John chapter 15, the first two verses. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, so that we may bear more fruit. I just look at this as saying, you know, you use it or lose it. work to doing what God says. And promote growth. He'll add. He'll add. But if, if you don't work at it and if you ignore it, uh, you're going to lose what you have as well. So, wrapping it up, there are advantages to different sizes of congregations. Like I said, I'm not here to stress uh, that a small church is superior to a larger church, or a larger church is superior to a, a smaller church. Um, just to, because we're small, not to let that hold us back in what we're doing. Because every church has, depending on where they are, have a different kind of work. Um, when we were in California. The church we were at, one of the churches that we were members of, the membership kind of fluctuated. It was a <clears throat> church with a lot of military uh, people, Marine and Navy, and uh, so it was very transient. Depending on who was there, it could be fairly good size, and it could be small, like this as well. And you were dealing with a lot of different issues there. 
young families. Uh, I can remember one in particular where uh, it was a couple and they had like a, a daughter who was not quite two and uh, had another daughter who was just months old. And uh, the husband, the father, <clears throat> was shipped off to Afghanistan. So you have that kind of dynamic, that kind of tension, anxiety that goes on when you're you're dealing with people. Uh, here it's a little different. Uh, the environment's different. The circumstances are different. But we all have our the church has its challenges, and because you're small, you shouldn't let that hinder you in in what you're doing. Um, so basically, I'm just saying we need to focus on our strengths and not let that that hold us back. Like I said, we're a small congregation. A lot of our members are away from us this morning because of travel, because of illness. Um, we prayed for them. And when I'm done, Josh has a, a song that uh, he's picked. And during that time, if, when you're thinking, if you uh, need any prayers, you need the prayers of the congregation, or you need to talk with someone about <clears throat> uh, your status uh, in terms of being in line with what Jesus wants for us. You can talk to us, uh, ask for prayers, so we can consider this as you say.